0: To the lounge with Travify Academy, where we get to hear from travel industry voices and experts to learn more about their story and what they see on the horizon for travel professionals. And I'm Stephanie Grice, and our guest today is Morris Sims, who is consultant and co-founder of Travel Masters Learning Community. So welcome, Morris. We are so excited to have you here today.
1: Well, I'm excited about being here. Travify is something fairly new to us, and we're excited about it and getting, getting a kick out of using it for the first time. So I'm glad to be here, Stephanie.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's super awesome. And I know that um I got to be on your podcast earlier and we're there's so there's we'll we'll definitely have to talk about that at the end so people can know where to find your podcast as well. But yeah, there's so much we talked about and it, it's exciting. But I'm excited to have you here on our podcast and share some of your tons of wisdom because you have so much. <laughs> um but First things first, though I do want to ask you, can you share just more about yourself and how did you find yourself in the travel industry?
1: Well, that's a long story, Stephanie. So I won't try and tell you the whole thing, but I'll I'll, I'll break it down as slow as 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 small as I possibly can. Uh, my degrees in chemical engineering. I did that for five years. Decided I wanted to go sell life insurance, so I did that. They asked me to come over and train the rest of the company, and I wound up retiring after thirty-two years Uh, as the vice president and chief learning officer, training 12,000 independent contractors. And one of those, along the way, many years ago, was a young lady who wound up leaving that industry and starting her own travel agency in Little Rock, Arkansas. She did extremely well as an independent contractor herself and then started her agency uh, small world, big fun out of Little Rock and has just knocked the cover off the ball. She called me one day and said, Look, after I retired, I started my own business. And she called me and said, Look, I need you to be my business consultant. And I said, Well, that'd be a wonderful thing. So we did that for a couple of years. What we found in working with her uh, agents and with all the other agents that she knows and all the other agency managers that she knows, what we found is that travel advisors as a whole are absolutely outstanding when it comes to destinations and figuring out how to plan travel and doing all the details of being a good travel advisor, but nobody ever took the time to stop and, and talk with them about how you own the business and how you run the business and frankly, how you react to people and how people react to you and how words and language really do matter when you're in this world of trying to influence folks to to move forward with the process and get what they want. So many times people think, Stephanie, that oh, I'm here to, to get people to do something. Not really. We're here to help people get what they want. The key is finding out what it is that they want. That's the real key to the whole thing, because once you do that, then you make a recommendation based on that, and all you have to do is say, you know, which one do you think is best for you and your family, and all of a sudden they're, they're choosing one, and, and you're moving right forward with the process. The thing that, that hurts the most is when you make a recommendation and all you hear for weeks is crickets that's just that's got to be the most frustrating thing in the entire world stephanie i've got these crate proposals i planned a magnificent trip for these people and i can't get them to call me back so i help folks get over that a lot of other things but basically uh we started travel masters for that reason we started travel masters to help travel advisors get the the business side of things and the the people side of things that they might not be getting anywhere else. So that's why we did what we did and where we are today.
0: That's so cool. I love your story. It's it's so great because it's so true that all the time, when you know, we always have so much fun talking about like, oh, the marketing ideas, the social media ideas you can do, but it's, it really is sales at the end of the day is you don't have a business unless you're truly selling. And that's usually one of the last things that many advisors think about because, we are, we have fun with the travel set, the like, Oh, you're going to love this. You're going to love this, but it's all about that. So uh, that's why I'm really excited also to talk today specifically about how advisors can get people talking about their business. And there's so many facets to this. And so, you know, it's, it comes, you know, branding themselves and getting themselves out there, all of that. So I want to ask you this question first is what do you think is one of the biggest mistakes that you see people make in this area?
1: Well, the the one thing that that I found that a lot of folks tend to do is they they fall into that myth of all I have to do is put it out on the internet on social media and sit back and wait, and that everybody's going to come you know flooding to my doors, or at least one or two people are going to call me, you know, or engage in my social media post or or something like that. And I guess the way I look at it is that that that's a myth. If we if we do something. And then sit back and wait—that's a myth. Because what I find is very rarely does anybody ever call or, or send me an email or engage with me on that on that post on social media. And if I sit back on the couch and I wait for the phone to ring, it's really frustrating because phone never rings. You got to be proactive in this business and any business—you've got to be proactive, and you got to get out there and you got to do something because it's it's like. I don't know, I maybe I'm going to get a lot of folks to to reply and say oh this guy's out of his mind. But the whole the whole I'm going to manifest stuff. I'm going to sit down on my couch and think about a million dollars in my bank account and suddenly it's going to show up. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. I got to get out there and do something for that million dollars to show up in my bank account. I've got to be proactive and I, I think that's the biggest myth that I find out there with with folks and not only in the travel industry Stephanie I, all the different industries that I consult with that's one of the things that we have to deal with all the way around with folks who are independent contractors and the biggest yeah that's the biggest myth we have to deal with I'll hush now.
0: <laughs> no, I think that makes so much sense cuz it is you get so excited about certain things and especially right now there's so many um, new advisors entering the industry which is amazing and so cool but that is one of the hardest parts is like okay now you have a business now what so what are some places that are just complete no-brainers for you that advisors can use to showcase themselves
1: Well, you know, you got to be visible first. You you got to be out there and let folks know, "Hey, I've got got to turn the sign around on the front door and have it say open." right? And in today's digital world, the way you show the, the rest of the world that you're, you're open for business is to, to have stuff out there that people can see. You've got to be visible. So you've got to have that business page, not just your personal page, but a business page and social media stuff. And it has to say, I'm open. And you've got to be posting things that are of value to the people that are going to be reading that. So it's not all about me. Hey, look at me. I've got a new business. I do all these wonderful things for people. I've been doing this for so many people, and it's just a wonderful thing. Look at what I do. Look at me. No. The post have got to be, here are five things that you need to know before you travel internationally. Here are 10 things you need to know before you step foot on property at Disney World or Walt Disney World or Disneyland or wherever you're going something that's going to add value to the people that are going to read it. So anyway, that's, that's one of the key things you gotta, you gotta show the rest of the world that you're open. You've got to be visible and there, there are four platforms to do that on Stephanie.
0: Yeah. And what are some of your favorite examples of this? Like um, I know you mentioned just having your platforms. uh, Oh, I forgot. Zoom does that. (laughs) A little thumbs up just came up. Um, What are, (laughs) (laughs) so funny. Um, What uh, are some, yeah, Zoom agrees with this. Um, What are some, examples that you see advisors do, and you're like, that worked out very well for them.
1: Well, there as I say, there are four platforms, four things that you can do. Social media is one. If that's all you do, you're missing the boat, right? There are three other things you could be doing. So social media is one. Um, golly gee, uh, events is another one events, things that are going on around your community you can get involved with. I learned this year, and I I, I must admit I didn't know until this year, there's something around Halloween called trunks, trunk and treats. Trunk and oh. yeah, trunk and treats. I didn't know that. But my church did one and I'm going, wow, that's a neat idea. So everybody comes in with their car and they open up the trunk and in the trunk they've got all the candy and all the stuff and that's going on. What if you did a, a trunk and treat and your trunk was all you know decorated up with whatever it is that that you want people to know about you and your your business. So let's say you're a Walt Disney World specialist or a Walt a Disney specialist and and that's you know one of the things you really work on. Maybe your trunk is all decorated with Mickey and Minnie and you've got a height chart for how high you have to how tall you have to be to ride the rides and all this candy that has to do with with Disney World. Or if let's say you do a a, a lot of uh, all-inclusives, or better yet, say you do ocean cruises, so you've got stuff about pictures about ships, things that they're going to entice people and kids to come to your trunk, and you know then somebody, mom and dad, are going to say, "What is this? What are all the ships? What do you do?" And that's going to give you the opportunity to say. Well, I help people plan the very best vacation they've ever had in their entire lives. And when I do it, all they have to do is show up and have fun because I handle all the details. And that's it. That's all you say. And then they're going to say, well, tell me more, and you're going to enter into a conversation. And that's what we want. We don't want it to be, let me tell you everything about what I do. And five minutes later, they go, oh, well, thank you. And turn around and walk away. You want to enter into a conversation, so anyway, events are a great idea. Maybe the PTA in your school and the kids' school is going to do something. Maybe your neighborhood's going to do something. Maybe there's a, a summer fest or a spring fest coming up. Oh yes, spring anytime now, Father. Uh, yeah, whatever it might be, you got to get involved. You got to get involved and let people know what you do. So events are one thing. Email and the internet. Maybe you do a newsletter. Uh, doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be gorgeous. Doesn't have to have all the media stuff. You do not have to be a Canva expert. It can just be a a one-page, one-screen newsletter about, hey, here's some neat things that are going on right now. And here, I love lists, three things you need to know about traveling to California or, or wherever the case may be. Those are the kind of things you can do with the Internet. And then finally... Good old-fashioned personal observation, Stephanie, when somebody says, so, Stephanie, what do you do? Now, you may not be a full-time travel advisor, and that's okay. Everybody's been through a side hustle at some point in time, so maybe you're, you're using travel as a side hustle. It's a, it's a very good business for you. It's something you do, but you also work doing this other thing. Well, when somebody says, gee, what do you do, what you – can't do, if you want to grow your travel business, is say, well, I'm a real estate agent and on the side I do some travel. Now, you got to say, oh, I help people plan the best vacations they've ever had in their entire lives and all they have to do is show up and have fun and I handle all the details. Well, we notice that was exactly the same thing I said a minute ago and that's the way you have to do it. You have to have a, an answer to that question that is the same thing you say every time that question is asked. Short and sweet, to the point. That's going to generate a conversation. So you got to get involved in those four things. Personal observation becomes uh, standing in line at the grocery store, and let's say you got your your cruise ship swag on. Maybe it's a scarf. Maybe it's your your purse. Maybe it's uh, uh, I don't know a hat or something that that you know draws attention. And somebody says, Well, hey, that's cool. It's a Disney Cruise Lines. What's that all about? and you say well it's a really neat thing i I use with my clients all the time oh you have clients what do you do well i help people plan the best vacations they've ever had and all they have to do is show up and have fun and i handle all the details Then you're into a conversation, at which point in time, somewhere online, you can say, maybe here in the grocery store is a great place for us to have this conversation, but if you'd like to learn more about it, I'd be happy to chat with you sometime. Let's swap contact information so that we can get in touch and find time to have a cup of coffee. And then you do the cell phone thing, the iPhone thing, where you share contact information, and later on you call this person, and you enter into a conversation. So personal observation is a wonderful thing. You can do it <laughs> anywhere you happen to be, uh, sitting next next to somebody at the PTA meeting, uh, sitting to somebody next to you at, at church. Uh, all these kind of places are where folks talk about what they do. And that's all that it amounts to is you got to be proud of the fact that you're a travel advisor and share it with people and share it the right way. So there you go, Stephanie. There are four platforms for you.
0: I love that that's so awesome. It's I I love hearing to Man, we could just go on and on too with the examples of, you know, if you're trying to get this type of audience, here's how you can do it and and we always do talk about, you know, the community and actually the podcast um that came out before yours is um she started going to conferences or um they were like they were more like comic cons and um, she was the only advisor there. And that's where she started finding mm-hmm. all of her stuff, like the only travel advisor. So it's just finding that niche and like how you get in there. But I was also going to ask you, you know, kind of almost that elevator pitch that you were saying, that's something that I never really think about too, as you just think about how you're going to market yourself, market yourself, but you never think about it when you're actually front and center talking to somebody and you're like, uh, wait, how do I explain what I do? Oh no, because you get one chance. There's like so and so that I love that you brought that up. The elevator pitch for yourself is perfect and very simple and doesn't need to be anything crazy, but it makes sense.
1: It really doesn't have to be anything crazy. In fact, it should be fairly short, sweet, and to the point. But the key purpose there is that it generates a conversation. You want it to be so answer, you know, positive answer to the question, but yet it leaves something for them to say, tell me more. And that's when you enter into a conversation because until you enter into a conversation, you've, you've had no use and no good. And the one thing that you can, can do with this that, that sort of just sort of like pops the balloon, Stephanie, and stops the entire process, is when you say, well, here's my business card. Call me sometime. Oh, please don't do that. <laughs> Throw away your business cards. Nobody uses business cards anymore. And if you get a business card, what do you do with them? And answer it honestly, what do you do when somebody hands you a business card?
0: Yeah, they stick usually in, stick around for a little bit on the desk and then end up getting thrown away. And,
1: and they're gone. <laughs> yeah. It goes in my pocket. And by the time I clean out my pocket, it's gone. Well, that was nice. Really nice guy. Travel. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I'll think about him next time I do travel. And and you, you move right along. So chunk the business cards, y'all. Get contact information that you can use to be in touch with those folks and generate a conversation.
0: Okay. I'm really glad you brought that up, actually, because I was thinking about that. I was like, wait a minute, should they have business cards? Like that's almost where my head immediately went, but that's just old way of doing things. And it's not, it's, you're not in control. That makes total sense. You're, you lose control once you hand them and wait for them. So it's, I see. I'm catching on, Morris. I like you're doing this. good. You're yeah. doing good. And
1: in are ways, I am. I am woefully bad at using my cell phone. I have a wonderful iPhone. It does all the things that iPhones do. And in your contacts, if you if you click on yourself up at the top, it brings up something that it calls your business card, and you can use that to share that contact information with someone. And get their contact information in the same way and if you learn how to do that you can show other people how to do it and that way you get their contact information now when I get their contact information what I really want more than anything else is what their email address our email addresses are worth more than gold I guess I don't know but they're worth a lot to everybody Email marketing is still king, and it still works, and the way you do it is very passive in our business. You send out like a newsletter, but you need an email address to do that, and you need a system to do that that allows you to do it legally and properly so that you don't get in trouble anywhere with your with, with anything, and then you use, I don't know, MailChimp and ClickUp or whatever, whatever the different things are out there. And I'm sorry, I don't know if TravelFi allows, allows us to do it in the system or not, but you can set up a, a whole email list and send emails out to all those people on a regular basis, and that's fine, but you got to do it properly. you got to do it mm-hmm. properly, give them a the chance to unsubscribe and maybe double uh, double up on what they have to do to subscribe in the first place. All those things, all those systems tell you how to do it, but you need that email address to get started. So... Get on a campaign to start collecting email addresses from everybody that, that you meet and everybody you know, even if, if you don't do the iPhone thing, what's your email address? And I'll send you an email. We can start corresponding like that very easily.
0: I love that. I think that's, that's a really interesting idea that maybe instead of we always think like, oh, I just want your contact information and you just think of phone because that's usually where it's being, you know, transferred to. But it's always if you're always going into it, intending, oh, get let me get your email, like just making it known that that's how you communicate right up front, um, because that does make sense because many users will, you know, then they'll send them a link to schedule time for a call or, you know, all that. So it does make sense. I like that approach. That's very smart. And that's actually funny you say that about, um. With the contact, because I'm sure Android has it too, but I know an iPhone, I was actually playing with it right before this, where <laughs> if you get a new number in your phone, it says like, oh, do you want to add their information? They have like their yeah, picture yeah, yeah. and everything already there. Super nice.
1: Oh, yeah. It, it, you know, somebody was actually thinking when they built those things. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. <laughs>
0: It's so smart. I know. You're like, why didn't I think of that? So great. Um, So the last thing that I want to ask you here, and this is kind of a little bonus, that you have what's called the three-list process. Can you explain this?
1: Sure. Absolutely. You know, there, there are people that are out there that they're just, they have a need for your services, but they're not going to know what you provide and who you are until you have some way to reach out and touch and talk to them. So first of all, let's identify them. And even before that, Stephanie, I need to to share one other concept, and that is determining who is your ideal prospect, your ideal client? Who do you really want to work with? Let's identify that and who they are and where they live, if you will. Where do they live online? How do they communicate with one another? If my ideal client is uh, the grandparents of young kids that might want to go to a Disney property, then... Yeah, maybe assisted living places are not necessarily bad places for you to go do a lunch and learn, or to take a bunch of donuts for breakfast sometime and say, hey, can I share with you a little bit about what your grandkids may love to do? Uh, Whatever the case may be, uh, your ideal client might be doctors and and nurses. Great, can you get involved with a hospital and do some some lunch and learn kind of things with them? I mean, there, there are all kinds of different ways to get in front of your ideal client. <clears throat> Pardon me, but the key is you've got to be able to. Uh, not once you identify those folks, you have got to be able to start getting in touch with them and touching them and, and talking with them. So, what if you created three lists? All right, the first list is an easy one. It's the people that you know, the people that you know. And here, Stephanie, I'm not talking about. Well, let me choose the folks on my. Uh, if I dumped my contact list off my phone, who are the folks out of there that I want to to know? You know all those people. So they go on list number one. Who are the people you know who would, like, you know, these are folks that, if I called Stephanie right now, she'd answer the phone. She wouldn't let me go to voicemail. She would answer my call. Those are the people you know. I want a list of all of those. Put that list together. I, I don't care you put it in your computer, you put it on a piece of paper, but generate that list first. Second list is a list of people that you're currently in process with doing something with in business. So these are the folks who you have started that initial conversation, but maybe you haven't gotten a deposit for the trip yet. They're the folks that you have gotten a deposit for the trip yet, but they haven't traveled. Or maybe it's the folks that traveled last year. The people that are in process with you, they know what you do, they've they've engaged you in the business process somewhere. Okay, that's list number two. Again, write that list out. And on on these lists now, I want contact information, right? I want email addresses and phone numbers and and be able to contact these folks. List number three is the one that I like the best. This is a list of the people that you would like to know, but you don't know yet. You will, but right now, I, I don't know them, right? I want to know Kevin Costner, but I don't know Kevin Costner, so he's on my list, right, okay? you create this list, and maybe it's the the movers and shakers in your town. Maybe it's the principal at the high school. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, whoever it is on your list, right? Whoever it is on your list that you don't know but you'd like to know because they fit your ideal client profile and they're folks that you think you would love to be able to do business with. Or they're folks that you would love to know because they'll give you a referral to your ideal client, to the people that you want to do business with. So I'm going to make a list of those folks. All right, now here's the key to the lists. What you have to do now is make a commitment. I'm going to reach out to two, three, five, ten, fifteen, 10, 15, whatever number you want to choose, just make a commitment. I'm going to reach out to X number of people on list number one and X number of people on list number two and X number of people on list number three every week. So on the list of people that I know, well, Morris, some of those folks I haven't talked to in two years. Okay, call them up. Call them up. You're not going to call them up and say, hey, I'm in the travel business. You want to go on a trip? But you are going to call them up. Stephanie, hi, Morris Sims. Hey, look, we haven't talked in so long, and I saw your name on on a list of contacts, and I thought, you know, I just got to reach out and say hi to Stephanie and see what's going on with her. How are you? And we're going to have a quick little friend, friendly conversation. And somewhere along the lines, Stephanie's going to say, "Somewhere else, what are you up to now? And you're going to say, Well, I help people plan the best vacations they've ever had in their entire lives. And the best part is all they have to do is show up and have fun. I handle all the details. <laughs> Ooh, that was the same thing we've been saying, isn't it? See, it's not hard. You just got to figure out what yours is. What is your, as you said, elevator talk? And then use it because if you use it it will work so that first line that first set of contacts i don't care if you talk to them i don't care if it's your best friend or if it's somebody you haven't talked to in three or five years you can always call them up and just check in and if nothing if you never get around to talking about business that's okay too because at least you were able to contact in touch base with a friend so call them up call them up. just contact just check in hi how you doing look wanted to say hi you know, last time we talked, the kids were, were still in diapers. And now, geez, they're about ready to go to elementary. Whatever the case may be, call them up. Just have a friendly conversation. And chances are it's going to talk. It's going to revolve back around to what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, what are you doing? And everybody's going to get a chance to chat. Okay. So that's list number one. Number of people. I'm going to call three people on that list every week. And hopefully it's going to come back down to where I can say, this is the business I'm in. List number two was the people in process. Just want to make sure you're staying in touch with those folks. Because sometimes, I mean, y'all know better than I do. Sometimes you may get a deposit today for a trip that isn't going to happen until 2025. So you need to make sure your processes are in place to stay in touch with those folks. And make sure that, that, you know, you're talking with them along the way about their trip and staying excited about it it'll be a lot more than hey don't forget your final payment is due. You know, it it ought to be some some fun stuff to keep them engaged and excited about their trip. And then my fun my fun list, the one pardon me, these are the people I want to to meet. On that list, you're going to reach out to a couple of folks every week, whatever again, whatever number you want. Let's say it's 3. You're going to reach out to 3 people that might be able to introduce you to one of those folks on that list. So I've got 3 people I want to meet. I'm going to call three people that I think might either know those folks or know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody that might be able to get me to the point where they I can be introduced to Kevin Costner or whoever the case may be, you know? What, what's the old thing, the, the six degrees of separation, yes. six degrees of Kevin Bacon or somebody? Yep, I was going right? to say,
0: that's what it reminds me. Everybody's like six degrees away <laughs> from Kevin Bacon, <laughs> which yeah, means exactly. six degrees from well, everybody.
1: <laughs> and it's true. It is absolutely true. If I wanted to meet Kevin Costner, all I got to do is figure out what those six people are, and I'm not going to know until I start the process. But if I have one person I could talk to, well, I'll tell you right now, I know a friend of mine who worked with me for many years, Whose wife was a casting director? She was a casting director. She cast. She was the person who chose cast for all of the. Uh, oh golly gee! Yeah, one of the one of the big stars. She did all of his all of his movies. Eastwood. She did all of his movies. She was the casting director for all of Clint's movies. I would talk to Jules and say, Jules, do you think that maybe Phyllis could introduce me to somebody that might be able to introduce me to Kevin Costner? And he would say, yes, and and Phyllis would say, well, you know, we're going to have to And Anyhow, you see how it might work, right? So that's the way you do that. If it's the president of the bank in your town, it may not be so difficult, right? Because you know that he lives over in the old shepherd's village. And I know Sarah lives in Old Shepherd's Village. Maybe she knows him or her. And then you can begin to find these folks that, that you want to meet. Again, you don't want to make that a full-time job, but you want to talk to a couple of folks a week on that list, a couple of folks that can help you meet a person on that list, whoever you want to meet, and be able to move from there. And you know, all these marketing ideas, can you can go down a, a rabbit hole and stay down in there all the time. And all of a sudden, you find that you're spending all your time on social media and trying to figure out what to do next and how to talk to. Golly gee whiz, let's be a little more proactive and do more of the personal observation stuff and be ready to work in your or in your business, be ready to, to do the travel part. Marketing is not your full-time job. It's what you got to do to run a business, any business. That's not your full-time job. You need to be generating actual business out of those activities. And if you're not, then maybe you need to stop and and think about your marketing plan again. Give it time, because these things take time. Golly gee, they take time. But if you're not getting any business at all out of anything, then you need to stop and think about that marketing plan again. And I've been talking for a long time, Stephanie. I'm sorry.
0: No, I love it. I'm just like, wow, it all's clicking. It's it's so great. Well, I have heard this before. It's you're in the people business, and that's exactly what it is. And I think you are so right that it's really, really easy to sit behind your computer all day long thinking about all this stuff that's not as scary, you know, because you're not really reaching out. You're putting yourself out there, which is still scary, but you're not actually talking one-on-one with somebody but if you spent a lot of that time talking one-on-one oh my gosh the effects would be insane yeah and like you said I mean you actually at the end of the day you're still just getting you're chatting with old friends and before you know you'll be talking to Kevin Costner you know, that's, that's right. the end goal. <laughs> and when you said that too, Kevin Costner felt really hard. But then when you were like, oh wait, but now what about the president and the bank? It's like that suddenly feels so much more obtainable. Like it's actually not that hard. You just have to put yourself out there.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if your ideal client is teachers and coaches and you want to get in front of those folks, well, if I knew the president of the, the president, if I knew the principal at the high school. I might be able to talk to him about, let's look at what I could do for your teachers to give them something that they're not going to get anywhere else. And it's not going to cost you or the school anything for me to come in and bring uh, sandwiches from the local bakery in town and, uh, you know, spend 15 or 20 minutes chatting about travel and how they might be able to have their best vacation ever this summer.
0: Yeah. Oh, brilliant. I love that. That's really cool. And um, one of the final things I want to ask you here is where can listeners find you? Because I will put these links that you say um, in the show notes, but where can they find you?
1: Well, the the easiest place is just to go to my website, which is MorrisSims.com. That's M-O-R-R-I-S-S-I-M-S. There are a lot of S's in there, and I'm sorry, .com. So it's MorrisSims.com. And then uh, the travel part of that, that's my business consultancy that right is that a word page yeah yep. uh, that's for us that's sims training and consulting and then there's an option up at the top menu that says travel masters that's a page that talks all about our learning community and how you can join that and uh, what sort of benefits you receive from being a part of the membership at travel masters learning community
0: That's awesome. And I actually got to sneak into there. Morris gave me a login so I could see everything. And there's a ton of good content. And I love the stuff about Travify. That's really cool, too, that we've been partnering together and helping to train and working together. And um, it's just super cool. So that's really great. And I'll put that. And your podcast also, what's the name of your podcast?
1: Well, the business of sales is the podcast that I've been doing for i guess past three years or so. There are two hundred and some odd episodes and and that that library and those episodes will be up there forever. but we're about to launch a travel masters podcast specifically focused on running a travel business, so that's coming out pretty soon uh but the travel the the business of sales has as i say two hundred and fifty some odd episodes all about running a business of any kind, and most of that's going to apply to a, a travel agency or a travel advisor running their own business as much as it does to anybody else. We have a lot of guests that talk about their thing and what they do and how they ran their business or how they run their business, how they grew their business, which is a big part of the whole thing. In fact, Stephanie, I, I will say this. One of the, the courses that we teach live uh, it, within the travel masters learning community is growing your business. It's and that's something that's uh, kind of unique about TravelMasters is the courses that we do. While we will some point in time have some digital courses on there, the main work that we do is live. It's one on one. It's me and my co-founder Cindy Miner, and and we're live and in person. This happens to be recorded on a Tuesday, Tuesday nights at seven o'clock we have a workshop one one Tuesday a month that's uh, probably a one and a half to 2 hour workshop on something to help you with your business uh another Tuesday night is an uh, open night for questions and answers Q&A with Cindy and me the other two nights are office hours where we open the door and we're just ready to help and take care of whatever whatever problem concern or anything else that you have you can come there and uh and talk with your peers or with me and inside travel masters you can post things and have conversations ongoing with other members. So uh, just trying to trying to help everybody that's out there in the travel advisory industry, if you will, uh, get better at what they do all day long and get what yeah. you want.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And shout out to Cindy Miners. <laughs> she is awesome. She's been using Travify for a few years. I feel like it's been a while, but a few years. And, and so it's been, um, so it's really cool. And, uh, but with all that, we are not done yet because I didn't tell you this, but we like to do rapid fire questions at the end, all fun mm-hmm. ones. And uh, so, okay, so they're all travel related, okay. but um, they're, they're they should be. Hopefully, they're pretty easy. If you need to pass on any, you got to think it through. <laughs> it's okay. Let me know. Um, but okay, first one: What is your favorite travel movie?
1: Oh, movie! Ooh, travel movie! Travel I've movie. Stumped him already. Yeah, you did. Oh my <laughs> word, I can't think of one right off the top of my head. I'm, I, I right out of the bat, I'm going to have to pass on that one, Stephanie. That's all right. I don't have any idea. But what a great I mean, question! Now I got to I think know, about that one it. Throws
0: it off a little bit because you think. I mean, you could. I mean, almost any movie could be kind of travel, but there is. Yeah, if you think about, it, let let me know if you think about it. But maybe this will start getting your your well, your, your thoughts going.
1: My 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 favorite movie in the entire world is Top Gun, so I guess he traveled a lot.
0: That's totally oh. travel. That's in airplanes, <laughs> of course. Yes, that's a great one. Oh, I'm actually shocked I haven't gotten that answer before.
1: <laughs> they don't put a whole lot of people on those airplanes, but yeah, they're
0: airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Top Gun. That's a good one. Uh, that is fantastic. It's a perfect answer right there. <laughs> um, so the next question here is what is your favorite destination you've traveled to?
1: Mm, there have been many uh I was fortunate enough at at the company I worked with that we did uh really cool reward meetings every every year so we made it to oh the Bahamas to Cancun to um Geneva to london oh uh, don't I don't think I got to go to Madrid, but the company did and uh you know california phoenix, Scottsdale. Hawaii uh, and and Disney. We took over one year. We took over the Magic Kingdom at Disney World. Another wow. year, we took over uh, half of Universal uh, for our our fun night out. So I've been to a lot of places, and this is this is for travel advisors to go say, "Oh, Morris, no <laughs> heaven for me is Orange Beach in Gulf Shores, Alabama."
0: No, I, no, that's great.
1: <laughs> oh, the white sands of the white sands of the the Florida coast. We call it the Redneck Riviera because we are one, and uh, it just it's it's where we love to go to go to those white sands. There's a a wonderful resort in Destin that we've been to that uh, well that Cindy hooked us up for uh, my wife's sixty fifth anniver- uh, anniversary, sixty fifth birthday. Uh, and we went to the Henderson Inn in, in Destin, and Cindy put it all together for us. Uh, it's so nice to have a good travel advisor.
0: Right, makes a huge oh, difference.
1: Man, yes. we had a blast. We had an absolute blast. But again, it's all on that on that coast of that that panhandle coast of Florida, Alabama, Georgia, all that all right in there. Oh, we love that.
0: That's awesome. Well, so now this next question might be the same answer. But what do you think is the most underrated destination to visit?
1: Hmm. That is a great question. In, in today's world, I would, I don't know, I would have said at one point in time, anywhere in the United States. Mm-hmm. I just firmly believe there's so many more places inside the U.S. that I have never seen that I want to see, that, uh, that I'm really anxious to get to. Uh, been to Washington, D.C. twice in my life when I was a kid and 25 in October of 2025, we're doing a meeting there, and you know I think Carla and I are going to spend a couple of days before the meeting, just doing doing Washington D.C. and and getting on tours and and doing some things up there, uh, just to see the the capital of our wonderful nation at some point because we haven't uh, I don't think she's ever been there and it's been decades. Since I was there, so it would be fun just to. So, oh, look at that! There's the White House. So, yeah, it's like,
0: um, no big deal. There it is. Wow. Yeah, right. It's crazy. But yeah. I
1: I think that's that's probably the most underrated area is is right here in our own backyard.
0: I. Agreed. That's my answer also. I think there is so much in the US. It's crazy. It is just so much. And same with Washington, DC. I I also I actually just found out. Um, I think so. Shout out if anyone's going, travel, um, travel leaders edge yes. conference. Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going. And I think I just found that out this morning. So I'm super excited because I have been wanting to go back. I almost got to go back in 2020, uh, that time. And so and so I like ever since then, I'm like, because I went when I was younger and I've been dying to go back. So very exciting. I love that. It's a great answer there. Um, okay. So the next question here for you is what is the best meal that you've ever had while traveling?
1: Hmm. Well, we went to the Dominican Republic for my daughter's wedding. And that's another one that my wonderful travel advisor and now co-partner and, and client put together for us. Uh, and that was not the best meal we ever had. The, um, the best, I guess I'm back down on the, on the, on the coast, back Stephanie. On the coast. <laughs> I'm back down there. Yeah. There was a, uh, and sadly you say it's closed, but there was a, a restaurant in Orange Beach called Fisher's, and there's another one called Louisiana Lanyap in Orange Beach. And they both just did some wonderful things with Grouper that just knocked my socks off. And I'm not a big fish guy at all. I'm a steak and potatoes kind of guy. But the way they are able to prepare a, a filet, a grouper filet is just, ah, uh, knock my socks off.
0: That's awesome. I, I really hope, too, that if anyone's listening and you're like, oh, I know, you'll have to reach out to Morris and be like, yes, this is <laughs> it's the perfect vacation spot. I love it. Um, okay, so now this question, it doesn't have to be travel related, um, but what is the last great book or article that you've read?
1: Oh, um, I, I tend to uh, have several going at the same time. Uh, Jenny Blake wrote a book called Free Time that I would greatly recommend to any business owner out there right now. Um, David Jennings wrote a book called uh, Systemology that is along the same lines and I just I just got this one and just finished it actually. It's called the, the do you can see that or not? It's called The Myth of Multitasking. It's short, it's sweet, it's one of those uh, one of those books that tells a story. That's the back. It's one of those books that, that, you know, the guy's telling a story. He's not just teaching. He's telling a story, you know. Phil's the consultant, and Phil goes in to meet with Nancy, and this is the conversation they had <clears throat> kind of a thing. So it's, it, and there's a word for that that I don't know, but that's the great book. The Myth of Multitasking by David Dave Crenshaw is is just wonderful, and I know there are folks out there going, what do you mean it's a myth? Well, it is. It's a myth. It, it, listen, it, it's a myth. They can't, The brain won't do that,
0: Stephanie. So the brain, oh, yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. I'm going to have to read this. So it's that the brain won't actually multitask?
1: You cannot think of more than one thing at a time. That's our true. Brains, our brains don't do that. Computers can't yeah. do more than one thing at a time. What we do is, is more what Dave calls switch tasking switch tasking. And that's exactly what a computer does. It does this process and then this one and then this one and then this one and then this one. <clears throat> but it does it so fast we can't tell that it's doing all those different things at once. And that's what we do. We have this this ability to jump from one thing to the next and back and 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 now this other thing and then the phone rings and then an email comes in and it dings. And then, you know, somebody's at my door asking me this question and, and oh, I forgot I've got to go do this. And you know, uh, it's time now. I've got to call my wife and, you know, whatever the case may be. And we're jumping from one thing to another all the time. <clears throat> Pardon me. And we never have the chance to actually stop and focus. And Dave's, Dave's uh, concept here is, his theory is, that doesn't work. And he backs that up with real research. Real, I'm talking peer review article kind of research that proves that we switch tasks. We don't really multitask. We can't do more mm-hmm. than one thing at a time. The brain isn't isn't going to work that way. So we jump from one thing to the next. <clears throat> Pardon me. And here's the thing. When you do that, you become totally inefficient and you lose time. It takes longer to switch tasks than it does to focus on one thing and get that done and then move to the next thing. Saw an interview once with Warren Buffett and uh, Bill Gates, and they were asked what the most important Uh, skill in business was and both of them responded at exactly the same time and said it's focus Mm. being able to really focus on the things that are important to you and that comes back down to being able to to stop and have the time and take the time make the decision to focus on the important things and move from one important thing to the next without switch tasking and there's a great little exercise in here that dave does to prove once and for all, that switch tasking is not effective and it's not efficient, and you lose time by doing it that way. You'd have much more time if you were able to focus. That but Morris, is there's somebody always at my door. Well, you know, close your door and put a really nice sign out there. It says, thank you so much for stopping by. Please drop me an email and let me know, and I'll be happy to return that. But right now I'm focused on a major project, and I need to keep my, my attention on that. But thank you so much for stopping by. You know, there are ways you can do this anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's my so- favorite. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested because that's, oh, yeah. It's We're always multitasking. It's, all the time, especially now with your phones and everything. I mean, my watch will ding, you know, it's just so many things. Yeah. There's just constant. It is. So that's, that's very interesting. I like that, but this has been awesome. I feel like I've taken away so many things and this is really for the advisors, but I've learned some things during this time too. So this is, this is really awesome. And thank you so much for joining us um, here today. This is been really incredible. And I just want to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode of The Lounge with Travify Academy. And again, to our special guest Morris for joining us today. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of the latest episodes. And we hope you enjoyed our conversation today and join us again. But for now, stay safe and we'll catch you on the next flight.